A Bible reading from Mark chapter 16, beginning from verse 1. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they went on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter, He is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone, because they were afraid. So here we are on Easter Sunday. An Easter Sunday perhaps unlike anything we've experienced before. This Holy Week is certainly not being something that we expected. And we read in Mark's Gospel here the resurrection account of the three Marys going to the tomb to anoint Jesus' body. They too had not anticipated what was to come. I wonder if you're a detail person. Are you someone that looks closely into the detail of something? Or are you more of a broad brushstrokes kind of person in the way that you live and the way that you view life? I guess for most of us, it probably depends on what we're doing or what we're involved in as to the level of our attention to detail. I ask this because Mark's gospel account of the resurrection includes some details that we don't get recorded in the other gospel accounts. For the most part, at first glance, we might not see them to be that important or necessary. But over the next few moments, we're going to just take a look at a couple of points of detail and look at perhaps maybe whether there might be some more significance in them than might first appear. And the first thing is concerning the stone in front of Jesus' tomb. Now, to set the scene, as you've heard the Bible reading already, we have the women wondering as they head towards the tomb. Who will roll the stone away? Now, we might think that's a bit of a a strange thing to be thinking or maybe a an insignificant thing to be thinking but i i guess it's uh it's quite a legitimate question uh a 
practical thing needs to be done. Jesus' body needs to be anointed and the women need to be able to get in to the tomb. So a heavy stone, three women there to try and move it, it perhaps is a bit of a concern. But what's important, of course, is what happens when they arrive. And you know the story. They arrive and the the stone has been rolled away from the entrance of the tomb. And I mention this because, of course, yes, today is Easter Sunday. Today we celebrate Jesus' victory over death itself. We, we recognise and thank God for the triumph of his grace. We celebrate the power of God. We celebrate the triumph of Jesus and the everlasting life that is ours in him. But when we think about this small detail of the stone being rolled away ahead of time, if you like, of the women arriving at the tomb, we're also reminded that, yes, God is the God of the big. Yes, God is the God of the impossible. Yes, God is the God who can do absolutely anything. But for the women... On that first day that had this very practical problem, it's a reminder for us that God also cares enough about our everyday, ordinary lives, our ordinary problems and concerns, if you like, to the biggest, from the biggest to the smallest of our prayers, even the most insignificant requests that we might have. God is concerned enough with them too. God is the God of the big. He is the God of the impossible. But as we celebrate today, may we never forget that he is also equally the God of the small, the God of the everyday, the God who is with us and for us and alongside us. And there is nothing that we bring to him, great or small, that is not important to him. May we remember that the God we serve, great and mighty as he is, is also the God of detail. And not just detail, if you like, in general, but your detail, your life, your concerns, and mine too. And as we read further into this passage, we read of the conversation between the Marys who, on seeing the empty tomb, perhaps think Jesus' body has been stolen. They can't find it. Where's it, where's it gone? There's this moment of, of panic. And the young man in white robes, an angel, says, don't be alarmed. You're looking for Jesus, the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. And the angel goes on to say to them, go and tell the disciples and Peter that he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Did you notice that bit of detail? Go and tell the disciples and Peter. Peter is mentioned by name. The God of detail the God of the big, 
and the God of the small has remembered Peter. Peter, of course, the disciple who denied Jesus. Peter, the one who said, I'll never deny you, and he did. Peter, the one who promised, I will stand by you even to death. And he stuffed it up big time by denying that he ever knew Jesus. If ever there was someone beating themselves up after the crucifixion, if ever there was somebody who was holding their head in their hands, desperately looking for some kind of hope, it's Peter. And here we have Jesus in the gracious way that only he does, the gracious way that only he can, including Peter, including the one who stuffed things up so badly. Peter, the one who thought he'd stuffed everything up for good. I guess when we think about our own lives, we can all relate to Peter in some way, can't we? Because we all mess it up sometimes, don't we? We all get things wrong. We say things wrong. We do things wrong. And maybe even though we know the end of the story... There's a sense in which at times we can still doubt our place in God's kingdom. You know, we can still doubt our significance to Jesus. But if ever we needed a reminder of just how wanted and included and significant we are to Jesus, then here it is. We are included. Jesus died and rose again for us. The celebration, the new life, the clean slate, the joy that comes in the morning, that's for us. That's for you and for me. And I wonder if Peter is specifically mentioned here in Mark's gospel because God knows that even in the joy of the resurrection, we'd still have times of doubting ourselves. Even in the midst of the joy and all the glory that we celebrate as we gaze upon the risen Lord, that sometimes we doubt our worth. That sometimes we might doubt whether we're really invited and included and chosen by God. This Easter is certainly very different to what we may have experienced before. But I pray that as we ponder the meaning of this new life that we have in Jesus, that we'll know again in our hearts as well as our heads that we are included. That you are included. That you are invited. That you are loved. That you are forgiven, redeemed and restored. Because you matter. By name, you matter. May this Easter, yes, be joyful for each of us. But may it also be personal. As you remember that the God of the universe died and rose again for you. He sees you. He knows you. 
And he loves you for who you are, just where you are. So may God bless you this Easter time. Amen. Father God, today we just want to thank you that you are the God of the impossible. You are the God of victory. You are the God of hope for the whole world. And yet you choose to care so deeply about each one of us. You pay attention to every part of our lives. And you're always working for our good. Father, we thank you that you are the God of detail. You are the God of our detail, of every detail of our lives. And we want to thank you for the new life that we celebrate in you this day. Father, we want to thank you too that the cross was not the end of the story. That you give us each an opportunity to start again with you. We want to thank you for that reminder in your word today that in the same way that Peter mattered to you, in the same way that you remembered him on that resurrection day, that you remember us, that you know us by name, that you love us more than we will ever understand and that, Father, you, you want for us to walk with you in this journey of life. You want for us to be with you. You want for us to turn to you and to know that we are forgiven, restored and redeemed by your blood. So Lord, we thank you for this most joyful day. We thank you for the victory that we have in Jesus. And we just pray that you help us to live our lives in such a way that we honour you in everything that we say and everything that we do. So God, would you be glorified, not just this day, but in every day of our lives. Amen.